0: Hello and welcome to Spy Hard's podcast. I'm Agent Scott. And I'm Cam the Provocateur, watching people play poker. We'll be doing a lot of that this week because this episode is dropping as Cam and I are actually on holiday in Las Vegas, Nevada. We'll uh, probably be out spending our life savings on poker or perhaps blackjack. So uh, hopefully we'll be back next week. But if we're not, uh, we've been swallowed up by the demon that is Nevada. I can guarantee
1: the only thing that will hit 21 at some point will be the temperature. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i can guarantee that it's gonna get hot for sure uh but cam we have a very special
1: interview this week who do we have joining us yes we are joined by ivana malicevich who played valenka la girlfriend and collaborator in 2006's casino royale
0: But before we get started with the interview, Cam and I wanted to make special mention of the SAG-AFTRA strike that is going on currently. Now, this interview was recorded before the strike took place, months ago now at the point of release. So it's all above board. But Cam and I just wanted to just say that we are both union men personally and we support the strike. That's right, yes. But we've been Texas holding on. To this one for too long, Cam. It's about time we release it. So, without further ado, roll that interview. And joining us on the show now it is the one, the only, Miss Ivana Milicovich. Hello, Ivana. How are you? Hello. The fanfare.
2: <laughs> um, I'm great, thank you. How are you guys?
0: Wonderful. All the better for having you here, of course. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Good to be here.
0: It's great. It's the best. Um, we have a lot to talk about. There's a lot of 007 mm-hmm. things to get into, I think, at some point. Yes. Some secrets to talk about. But before we get there, I would like to just get a feel when we have guests on the show. I was looking you up there, doing some research, getting ready for this, and looked at some of what you were doing leading into becoming an actor. And I'm fascinated by sort of your rise to becoming an actor. So just to mm-hmm. hear it from you, what inspired you to become an actor, and what was your sort of journey to
3: get here?
2: Well... I was lucky enough that in my high school in Michigan uh, run by uh, one of my favorite teachers I've ever had Krista Manfredi, we had a very incredible theater program in my high school at Athens theater Company and we put on some really good plays so I was always my family is one of those families that crack up at dinner time so lots of mm. comedy at the dinner table were together they're funny they're my dad plays get guitar, my brother is a musician, you know, we were a kind of hammy family. So when the theater program was amazing, and then I got into acting, and the moment I realized that you could do that for a living, I was like, oh, well, then I'll do it. It didn't actually occur to me that people that I saw in movies and on TV, that that was their job. Right. But the moment it did, I was like, oh, well, then I will do that. There we go. We're done. But to get there then i went and moved to la i graduated high school early moved to la at 17 and i was modeling at that time and because i would model in chicago because that was close to detroit so i'd spend my summers in chicago and then moved to la and was kind of modeling and little by little i i did stand up actually for a second but only long enough to till i found a manager and then an agent i say only long enough because i love comedy and that is my first love but i prefer it in a team setting like more improv-y or sketchy Mm. the thing i didn't love i love stand-up but what i didn't like about being in the stand-up world was the competition and it's hard enough in hollywood because you're sort of competing against your own type in the world of stand-up you are everyone is equal sort of competition i just didn't like the i don't like pitting against not that i had some bad experiences just in all i like to work together i want everyone to win right i want for everybody
3: more
0: collaborative than sort of just you basically
2: Yeah. Yeah, I like to work off of people. And I like a community on in the moment. Obviously, it is a community, but in the moment. So I just prefer like I went to groundlings and things like that. And Mm. I started with kind of more comic roles. And then I kind of became I started to do more badass roles and what I call eat your husband for breakfast roles, which is so (laughs) funny, because I'm (laughs) really not like that. It's one of those things, right? Like, like the the this the sweetheart uh, in in movies is like the total a hole and then the the a hole in the movies is kind of a sweet sweetheart if I do say so myself
1: <laughs> <laughs> now to me like stand up seems like the most high pressure type of it performing, is. yeah, like how does that compare like doing that does everything post that feel like somewhat a little not a yeah. cinch but a little bit easier?
2: It is. It literally is exactly what you said. You have to have balls of steel to get up there because people are going there for the promise of making, being made to laugh. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you make people laugh all the time. Even not funny people do that because it's loose. But when there's pressure like that, and I've made some people laugh and I've also died. There's been a lot of things with, uh, throughout my career that have happened that have helped me have a really thick skin because of how I sort of manipulated it. And that was one of the first things because you have to,
3: mm,
0: right? <laughs>
2: it's really gnarly. You're right. Everything else is kind of easier, but then, you know, if you're testing for something and you're in a room full of executives, it's a very similar thing.
0: That's sort of all eyes are on you again.
2: It's more forgiving, but that's again, more forgiving. They want you to do great. They want, you know, an audience doesn't care. They, you know, some do and so you don't know. There's people that are, that paid money for this.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure some people have the kind of like, well, prove yourself
2: kind of response. Yeah. I got heckled by comedians, but I think that they were kind of doing that because they knew I was green and knew they were kind of showing me what, what's what. In fact my first manager said that he signed me because of how i dealt with the hecklers more than how yeah whatever what sets do i have i was just beginning you know this was just like the beginning of the of the journey and this was the 90s like whatever mid 90s late 90s so this isn't a time where people it's not like today where if you're a model that's great you know mm-hmm. they'll, they'll even give you a shot like models and actors were two different creatures and they were not to cross paths i mean not that it didn't happen but it wasn't welcomed it is literally welcome today and it wasn't then right i would say
0: yeah you just look at people like zendaya and, and actors like that who sort of live in both worlds now in terms of acting and, and modeling
2: mm-hmm. i did then uh, well
0: running concurrently with sort of your rise to to acting we talk about spy movies every week and we'll we'll get to one of your spy movies in a minute but were you watching spy movies growing up was that something you were interested in at all
2: I think I was more interested in the whole idea of a spy than actual I think it's like anything else it is way less glamorous like (laughs) every job than it so I, I like the idea of because what? It was the Cold War when I would have been young and impressionable. Mm. And so like Chevy Chase, spies like us, I probably did get a lot of those ideas because there were Russian spies in movies a lot and they were always hot. they were these beautiful women, these strong mm. women. I was like, yeah, that sounds that sounds amazing. But I don't know that I've actually ever played a spy, have I? An actual spy.
0: Well, you've you pumped up in Chuck.
2: Oh, okay, all right all right, there. all right, all right, all right. Yeah. I was a spy there. Yes, yes, yes. Very good. I'm glad that you're helping me with this.
0: Well, it's, 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 <laughs> it's, a, it's a few hours of research. Hopefully it pays off <laughs> over, over the next little bits. But <laughs> I think, yeah. well, you're welcome. But I, I think, let's talk about James Bond because that's, that's like the big spy credit you have on your filmography. But there are some others I do want to tackle after and have a look let's,
2: at. Let's tackle it all.
0: Head on, let's tackle it. Casino Royale is a big film for a lot of spy fans, a lot of Bond fans out there. Yes. How did you get involved with that?
2: It was just a regular audition. I believe that I auditioned for Vesper, Vesper Lind, and they liked me, but not for Vesper Lind. I think they wanted that character to be the woman, whatever that means and how they were casting it, the woman that ruined him for all other women that we saw since Mm -hmm. and I'm sure your your bond fans know that you that was the only book that hadn't been made into a an actual bond movie it was it was spoofed
3: yeah
2: Mm -hmm. okay right so we had like a real book we had an ian fleming book that wasn't made um this was the woman that destroyed him
3: Mm -hmm.
2: right and then i got hired to be like i would say the more typical what version of what came after does that does that make sense? Like what I'm trying to say, like i not that I couldn't destroy people for other women, but just,
0: just <laughs> well, I'd say there's a bit more depth was
2: they wanted this like big contrast, yeah, Ava yeah. Green is, like stunning and beautiful and like a, such a complex it was a complex character and a complex person very different than the kind of roles women often have had in bond movies especially when you're looking back in the 60s and stuff wouldn't you think
1: i would say so yeah i think there's a few
0: highlights along the way that maybe could match up to eva green's Vespaline. but on the most part i think absolutely
2: but again remember this is in the timeline sort of the first Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and of course there are they they it's not like they never allowed it but
0: but the, the stereotypical thing you're sort of saying that that is like ingrained when you think of like Bond girls in air quotes, there is sort of a stereotype, exactly. an archetype you think of.
2: Yeah, exactly. Not that Ava Green's not that. In fact, she is like also one of them, but it just it evolved. I, I feel like I'm, I'm saying this wrong and I don't mean to. I'm a giant Eastern European, and <laughs> she's a beautiful French girl. Like it's right. I think he wanted my character to have like a mohawk and stuff, but then we ended up with this like white blonde. Really? Yeah. Which would have been pretty cool, but I don't know if I could have, I don't know if I have the head for a mohawk, but now I kind of wish I did it.
1: So when you were, you know, testing for this role, I'm just curious who was reading with you?
2: I don't think I tested for it.
1: I'm just curious because sometimes um, they have Bond actors reading with them.
2: No, 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 I don't. If they had an actor, because I, I did read for it a few times. Yeah. But I think it was always the casting director. And I read a lot. Like I read for it in New York one time. I read for it in L.A. But then ultimately, but I never read for Valenka. I just kept reading for the Vesper Green part, whoever those girls were.
1: Mm, but then I read right.
2: the which in the script was written as a Croatian. Oh, okay. So they were like, let's get a real Croatian. And I was like, bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great because i was on that movie the whole run of the movie the only place i didn't go i think was italy and the lake como stuff and italy and, Venice and all that mm-hmm. so it was like a long picture and they had they had like two entire crews running the whole entirety of this. So that's like and it was like six months to shoot. So imagine it was like two six months. It's like a year to shoot, really, because they had a whole mm-hmm. insert, special effects, stunt crew. You know all of this already.
0: Mm-hmm. I I don't know anything. It's fine. Yeah, you're, 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 trust me, I know nothing. <laughs> well, it, it, you mentioned the the Mohawk, and one thing we found in when we're speaking to people who've been involved with Bond films is characters tend to evolve from script to screen a lot of the time. Was there anything else that Valenka was pitched as that maybe didn't happen?
2: this is not probably what you're thinking of, but I think there was a scene where they wanted me to be taking a shower naked in the back while the men were plotting, you know, the end of the world. And I was Mm -hmm. like, four living grandparents. I was like, I can't do that. Which is funny given the work I'd done after my grandparents passed on. (laughs) But I was (laughs) like, no, you may not see my butt. Absolutely not. But that's not like some character. That's not some character. Um, point like they they didn't want me to do very much it was just kind of like always like floating around they didn't I would try to like do faces he's like no do nothing so a lot of the times I was just like for those of you who are hearing and you can't see my face is blank
1: right okay so that scene you mentioned the nude scene they were pitching that's that moment on the boat I would assume yes they're in front of the computer and you're in the background
2: yeah I'm in the shower but they wanted me to be and I was like no
1: right in the swimsuit though yeah
2: yeah. But yeah. I do, I, when I come out of the water, whatever I do first, go in the shower in my swimsuit, and then I take it off. Right. Just that second part.
0: I suppose bouncing off of the, the swimsuit thing a little bit, I had a question about that, because Daniel Craig yes. famously has his scene of jumping out of the ocean, and that's uh, endlessly uh, reused in many montage, as it should be. Yes. But you do have your own little, like, moment coming out of the water, too. I do. No one talks about it.
2: Do they not? Well, I don't know because they have, uh, they use that little piece for like, I think a bond perfume. So if you look up a bond perfume, I think it's me coming out of the water, but really? you're right. You're right. There should be a lot more attention to that awesome Versace bathing suit I wore. It was so good. And I was so hungry. <laughs> was,
1: <laughs> was that bit shot in the Bahamas? Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Yes. It's amazing. Oh, Now I'm having such sweet memories about it. It was such a fun time and a long time ago.
1: Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, you mentioned um, sort of getting the role, but did you do anything to prepare for the role post, like we have pre-production sort of getting started?
2: Just kind of working. Not really. It was, you know, I was young. I was working out. I was trying to look, be ready to, I was trying to be ready to be in a bathing suit. And, you know, I was I think the director like just was like, yeah, no, she's there for eye candy, which I didn't appreciate. But then that's kind of what it was. It was just amazing being in that movie because it was the first time Daniel Craig was Bond. Mm -hmm. And it was during that time where there was just so much backlash, which it always is every time they announce a new anything. Of course. And he was so lovely. And he's probably arguably the best actor we ever had playing Bond.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, in his own right. Right. Mm -hmm. And he it was just so it was so lovely to be on that movie because I don't know what it was like afterwards. Right. Like this is exciting and you've got so much to prove. And, you know, here we are. It's like, a, you know, will this work? And it was probably a magical moment compared to later on, where then again, it becomes a machine. And then, you know, there's just there's no wonder. We know it's a hit. He works. It's awesome now what do they make? you know so i probably got like a charmed moment in that franchise when a new bond comes and succeeds
1: yeah it's actually a amazing track record when you go back and look at the franchise it's very rare for a bond actor to like strike out on their first movie like their first movie is typically very good
2: Mm -hmm. oh is that right okay i thought that i don't know all the history like you guys would but i thought some are universally some bonds are loved more than other bonds. Throughout. Oh, that's true. But it's always the first one is a killer. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's like the, usually the first one out of the gate, they really managed to pull it off. It's hey. pretty impressive. Yeah.
2: Okay. Then never mind. But you, another thing is you,
0: you mentioned the uh, the swimsuit, but the outfits.
2: So good. Oh my God. Amazing
0: outfits. outfits. Amazing. Love Lindy Hemming did a lot of great work on that film.
2: Yes, she was amazing. She had boots made for me all the time, like, like leather, like I had things crafted for me and my body. Wow. Okay. Amazing. She created that beautiful Palazzo pant leather jumpsuit that I wear when the car flips over. I'm always trying to kill him and I do kill him, but he survives.
0: Oh, I have a question about this. Don't worry, we're we're getting to that. Okay, okay. Uh, sorry, sorry. You've, no, 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 no. You've you're you're famous for something, actually. Your character certainly is. But uh, ah, I think I know
3: uh, where you're going
0: with it. I don't know. well, okay. But yeah, so uh, Lindy, so did you do some sort of prep work with her and sort of getting the outfits together and
2: so much, so much between because I didn't have I didn't have had that hair going and I had like long sandy beachy hair, so mm-hmm. they chopped me, bleached me like made the plan. The makeup was pretty, you know, simple. We didn't do any crazy makeup or anything on her, on Valenka. But uh yeah with Lindy we did a lot of fittings, a lot of designs of making of what what she was going to wear and what she was going to look at with all these like cut out dresses and outfits and bathing suits. It was it was really fun because she's incredible.
1: Was there any sort of like inspiration they were trying to achieve with the look of the character, or anything they were trying to evoke?
2: i just think danger
1: right mm-hmm. yeah
2: i just think a little bit of danger because and then they always try to be interesting like i said it would have been really cool if she had like a blonde mohawk a platinum mohawk mm-hmm. you know, just like a dangerous person that had no not a care in the world
1: and also like she plays kind of a distraction for la in these card games so walking with a mohawk would really stand out in a room as well
2: mm-hmm. which you know do we want that or don't we right because because he had only eyes. It's not like I was seducing him. It wasn't like I was taking attention away from from Vesper. It was mm-hmm. a different thing. Like I guess she had to be more aggressive because it wasn't written as "come to me." Right. I've got you. It wasn't It wasn't that. It was I'm 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 coming for you. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, woman's woman's murder poison, but still.
1: And I would love to know just about, you know, working with Mads Mickelson and trying to create like a dynamic between the two of you.
2: Easy. <laughs> he is, he is so fun and so funny. And, you know, I ran into him in LA years ago before I did this other show, Banshee, because I think they were talking to him to be Kai Proctor. I don't know if you guys know that show, but, um, and I was talking to him and he was exactly the same. He's jolly. Mm. That Dane is a jolly man, like he's hilarious. he's got cheekbones it's like it's like that could serve the world he's <laughs> he's lovely <laughs> I believe at the time he smoked f- smoked filterless cigarettes like he's he's um lovely he's such a good actor and a really funny person. like we just had fun all the time because we were always together, mm. and those movies take a really long time, so there's like a lot of the setups t- are not quick. It was shot on film. This wasn't like a just let the digital run, you know. So there was a lot of time back at base camp and in trailers.
1: And like, did you between the two of you kind of like figure out the dynamics of the relationship, or kind of like maybe even backstory that informed it or or anything?
2: I feel like we did. We talked about that, but it was more more like joking stuff. Do you know? Like we were, I think, running through lots of scenarios like that, mm. and. But it, it was like, and then, the, you know, it was like joking, we weren't like, so whatever relationship we had in real time was just sort of there, I, I hope it's like under the thing, because you know, it wasn't our story <laughs> wasn't, right. but we're to amuse ourselves, you know, but I think also, you know, I don't think it was some great love either.
1: Sure. Although I had a question, maybe I'll just ask it now. Yeah. Why did she never leave? Do you think? Because there's multiple points, you know, like I want to talk about the arm scene maybe a bit later, but like after that, Le is willing to sacrifice her. There's multiple points where there are exits that she could make. You know, Bond comes back after she tries to poison him, but she Uh always stays. And I was curious if, you know, you had any thoughts on that or you'd considered that at the time.
2: You know, at the time with my age and everything, I'm such a romantic that for me, that probably I probably wouldn't have even. It wouldn't have occurred to me that that i would have ever left my man right and and just who i was as a young person at that point i guess and then in this heightened world it would have taken a lot more for me to leave my man do you know so i was just Mm -hmm. like that was my guy probably she wanted him to love she wanted him to love her and she was like doing all the things to win his favor in my mind probably and probably because that's the kind of young girl i was so i'm like like you know when i was in a relationship i might as well have been married
1: Mm, right
2: Learned since then of course but i mean at that time you know relationships were really important and if i was in one that i was in it so i was in it
3: Mm, mm -hmm.
2: although i mean again because it was like too far after like say the war To be like, oh, I was some refugee or something. But that kind of would have been really cool. Like if I owed him. See, I wish I thought of this now. Or maybe I I was. Like if I owed him, because maybe I was like some kid that he rescued. But it was just too, it was too, you know. Yeah, because she
1: seems like much more of a like very willing accomplice, which often in these movies, when there is kind of the the villain's mistress or girlfriend or what have you, there's like they'll kind of portray a, a moment of like vulnerability or something like that, like a sun I think
2: I tried that. I tried that. And the director, Mar- Martin was like, no, don't like, I think he wanted yeah. her full danger. I wanted to, because listen, I wanted to put 17 layers into it of like, mm. I have feelings about this and that. And it's like, nope, he needs to go the end by we have what we're doing. That's it. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking into the, the morality of anything. It's black and white in a way. But I did try, though. I did try to layer it up.
1: I think it actually works as it is because I think it's something that actually separates your character where it shows that she's in some ways on equal footing with him because there's never that moment where she's going to take off. You get the sense she's as committed as he is right to the end.
2: And complicit. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But then she gets burnt.
1: Well, they usually do.
2: Which which isn't cool given... (laughs) Boy, I have been, if you ask me. But then, but then we all get it. We all get it in the end.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, the sort of the, the pressure that Daniel was under. I would think. And, and I, I've spoke. We've had a couple of of your other co actors from the film on from Casino Royale over the years, and spoken about their experiences with Daniel. And they've had different stories about what the set was like and what it was like working with martin campbell as well and what that sort of vibe was in the set because there was a lot of pressure felt by some to put out a good film and i mean did you feel that
2: always no i think i was too young i was like what do you mean this is going to be great yeah only after you like oh people must have been really freaking out you know because i was what well, i was in my was i Yeah, no, I was like in my late 20s, maybe I just turned 30. Like I was so and I was young in a lot of ways and mature in others. And I think I was just like, what do you mean? This is amazing. Everything's going to be great. Like I felt for Daniel only from a human level, because I remember the articles that came out before. Mm. Do you know when all the like mean things and this is before social media, but like so whatever came up on. Friendster, Facebook or whatever was going on, <laughs> MySpace.
0: MySpace. Like
2: article. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't even know exactly. I'm trying to picture where I was when when everything happened, like which apartment, which computer. Uh, but it was a serious set. Do you know? Like, but, but, the, mm-hmm. but that's besides the fact that we are clearly spending money here and that's no joke ever. Mm-hmm. You know, in that way, but I, I was just too naive. I wasn't like, oh God, I've got to. I, I always want to do well, but I, mm, I didn't feel the pressure on me mm-hmm. per se. You know,
0: and with Martin, obviously, you said you tried a couple of things. Martin was more like, let's just stick to the script. Oh, yeah, that's it
2: wasn't a script. It was like, it would be like me, the camera passing by me on the boat or whatever. And if I would like do a look or whatever, he's like, nope. So he wanted me to be like a sociopath, kind of. Yeah. I didn't really have feelings about things. I only had an objective.
0: I was gonna say, it's interesting because the, the film portrays you as like someone in need of help with the whole arm sequence. But you're exceedingly complicit with all of this, the way it's portrayed in the film. You, you, you want to kill Bond as much as Le Chiffre does
2: why I mean it's like I don't know why I don't know why she personally does except for Mm -hmm. that yeah she doesn't have a personal vendetta against it just the word team and that's what's that's what's on the table do you know and I'm like I'm I'm sure I agree with him as opposed to wasn't my idea certainly
3: Mm
2: -hmm. you know and as for the arm scene I mean I've got two stronger men than me who got me like I have very little I can do there it's not It is a completely overpowered situation. And I'm wearing, you know, a stretched out bathing suit, basically. So <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> and that is a very intense scene. And I remember seeing it in theaters and being quite taken aback because there's often, you know, dangerous circumstances in bond films, but you don't typically see something like that. I would just like to know if you had any memories about just playing that scene.
2: oh, uh, they were so nice, those guys. Um, and I was, oh, and then I had to betray the chief as well right like I'm like hi oh you just do nothing to see here whatever mm-hmm. Which probably he's mad at me but um <laughs> I remember them just pushing me so that I had real terror now they're not allowed to show women actually getting hurt not mm-hmm. since I think bond used to slap them other than that they're not allowed to show they could be dead or whatever mm-hmm. but they can't show an arm getting cut or anything like that I as far as I know isn't that right like they can be painted gold
1: Right. Yeah. There's not a lot of circumstances of that happening. Yeah. Past past the seventies, really.
2: Yeah. I think it's like, I think it's a thing. I think it's a thing. They do not show women getting hurt. Right. Women getting scared.
0: Um, Well, the other thing I I sort of alluded to earlier was the actual, the death blow, as it were. You are one of the small handful of people to successfully kill James Bond. Now he is revived, but you did kill him.
2: I killed him that's what somebody told me because i didn't realize and then i really kind of carry that as a badge of honor
0: oh yeah was that i mean you you spoke about what it was like on set but uh yeah how does it feel to just be that that person that, that has ended james bond uh, very early in daniel craig's career as well that was uh... a
2: <laughs> right away <laughs> right away there that's why he never you know according to the book series that's why he never let it happen again until the end here mm. my goodness
3: yeah
2: um uh Listen, it feels these movies are so beloved. It feels really special and an honor to be a part of that world. Mm-hmm. Do you know, like I because I don't have m- much in them, but I'm treated as if I have like a really huge piece in this puzzle because that's how important the world is to them and any player that is a part of this bond universe. So obviously I don't take that um lightly. It's a it's it's really lucky. Very well, how many of us are there? Yeah. With all those Bond movies, how many of us girls have gotten to do that? Now, you know, it's 2023. Would I rather be Bond himself? I would, you know, then of course. (laughs) Which I wonder if they'll ever have a female bond. Why not? Of course they will.
1: I think, I mean, this franchise has been going for 50 years. I think it's going to go forever more and change in a lot exactly. of ways.
2: Exactly. Or at least there'll be a, no, I think it has to be a Bond. I think it has to be a, like an actual Jamie Bond, James Bond girl one day, mm-hmm. or at least somebody else to have the 007.
1: Or even when Halle Berry did Die Another Day. They were developing a spinoff for her, which could have launched a whole other which Jinx so, universe.
2: So yes, I remember that, and that would be so interesting anyway. If they if they did some sort of like, even if it, if it was told in shorts, like histories of all these women, like give mm-hmm. them more, like even as an honor, like give the, like some kind. It would have to be written so creatively and probably funny, but like give the backstory of these women and mm-hmm. how they got here even if it still gets Bond yeah. like yeah it all envelopes back on that I feel like in today's world that's super interesting I'd watch it
0: well there's even been um, there's even been one of the Bond books where Bond doesn't feature until like the last third and it's all from the woman's perspective and then Bond turns up so that's it's in the books
2: which one is that
1: the spy you love me
2: see but did they do it that way in the movie
1: no no nope. no they were not allowed to actually ad- that was there was a rule at the time that they could not adapt that book the way it was done there's some sort of weird little asterisk in the contracts that ian fleming when and they got mm. the rights so they created a whole new story but that is a thing that exists
2: now and they still can't do it as the book because that still exists or is there a i don't
1: know i'm not sure if that's changed over the case. years i don't know if that's still around that
2: would be cool then because then if we have another actual book of his yeah
3: mhm.
2: that can be done. That would be just interesting. I don't know. we there's space for it now the 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 love is there. The fans are there. I feel like they can be even more experimental.
1: I think like with things like Marvel just kicking the door for that sort of. Multiversey type stuff. I think you could do Why anything not? with James Bond. Exactly. Yeah, the sky's the limit, and the audience will go along with it. Which in the past they would have said the audience is going to get lost.
2: No, now we know. Now we now we've all been sort of trained with the Marvels and the multiverses and having all the Spider Men together. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that, we can, yeah, that we can do that. Yeah,
0: and audiences accept it, should,
2: and they should. Yeah, because I don't think that'll even get tired. Multiverse. I, I, I'm i not tired by it. That's like my favorite thing about it.
1: I guess ask me in five years, but I mean, then they'll find something else to explore. Yeah. yeah. Hmm.
0: You mentioned uh sort of getting the adulation for being the lady who killed Bond in Casino Royale uh, and, and people have mentioned it to you since. Have you sensed like the legacy of this film? Have people mentioned this film to you since obviously we're doing it now, but do you yeah. hear Casino Royale a lot?
2: I think I do because I think it's always on somewhere. Yes, it's just something that's always around—not every day, but yeah. People even recognize me with my mask on. Okay, I'm blonde now, but even when I'm not, Mm, right? Which which just goes to show you how much people love this movie and Bond movies in general.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, I don't have that much screen time, but it's wonderful to be memorable or remembered, regardless. Or in spite of
1: and you know you mentioned you don't have a lot of screen time i had i guess two questions um one how many hours did you spend watching poker happening
2: (laughs) a week i think
1: (laughs) (laughs) and was there um any deleted material that you shot that just didn't wind up in the movie
2: there's a little bit but i can't remember it wasn't very much and it wasn't there was no monologues let me tell you that Mm. just like little bits of more of the same okay and sometimes they even like shot more. I just remember a couple outfits that did not make it in the movie. Yeah.
0: Well, I've got, I've got two questions to, as well. Firstly, and it is to do with outfits. Now, there is a famous, I say famous, it's something famous that I've noticed with photo shoots that you did with the film, like publicity yes. shots. Yes, yes. And you mentioned the Bond spoof, the Casino yeah. Royale spoof earlier. Yes. There's a particular shot that you did that is evocative, very evocative of an Ursula Andress shot from the Bond spoof and I wondered if that was anything you were aware of because I could show you the photo and show, show you the comparison it. right hang on yes there. for those watching at home I'll I'll we'll put it on the screen for those listening I'm sorry I'll put it on social media for you so let me just share the screen let see how this works okay
2: yes I here's you look at that dress so good
0: and let me find the other photo
2: oh you know they might mu- I didn't know about this Ursula Andrews shot so i wonder if they did know and they were but i don't remember them telling me to lay on the table that's just something i did because okay there's oh, a table so I, you know i i did used to model so i'm gonna work that poker table or the roulette <laughs> table whatever it is oh it was mine was poker
0: yours is poker yeah
2: yeah. mean about that it's
0: something that jumped out to me years ago i was always curious yeah yeah
2: i mean you you it is it needs to be put on they, they need to be compared and contrasted. That is that is hilarious. I've never seen, no one's ever pointed that out to me.
1: Well, there you go, Scott. I, I did something.
2: <laughs> and
0: I suppose my, my final question on Casino Royale, before we drift off into other things, looking back on the project now, you speak about people have mentioned it to you since people have recognized you in the street from it. Mm. What's your fondest memory from making that film?
2: Time spent with mads is huge on there because it was just always mm. the travel the it was you know it was six months of going to the bahamas prague london where else do we go a lot of time in the bahamas i mean you can't who's,
0: who's going to say no to that
2: and just being there with all those people and also playing poker and learning how to play poker because we had poker professionals teaching us Oh, wow. Especially the the guys that were around the table, because my character didn't actually play poker, but I was always there with Mm -hmm. everyone learning how to play poker. And I learned that I'm not bad at poker, but I've only got an hour in me. After an hour, I'm all in and I don't care if I win or lose, it doesn't matter. But I could win some good hands. Because my poker face is very confused. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not sure what I have. And I'm like, I got cheat sheets. (laughs) So people don't know what to make of me. Um, so that was really fun because this is six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and we went to uh Albania. Yeah, we went to Albania too, didn't we? Carlo Vivari. Yeah. Yeah. There was just you know we were, like we kept just we were traveling circus. It was amazing.
1: And sort of speaking of the circus aspect, once you actually shoot the movie, there's a whole life of the promotional blitz that comes with James Bond movies. Yeah,
2: I didn't do very much.
1: You didn't beyond the like the photo shoots. Right, and things? Beyond
2: the photo shoots and things, I didn't do very much. They were also very specific on, and I should have done more. I think I I don't remember what happened. I don't remember if I was doing something like it wasn't important that I go on something, so I didn't go on a blitz world tour. I was in London in the at the premiere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what it was, but I remember I had an opportunity to but it couldn't or something like that. I, I don't remember. I wish I had a story for you, mm. but there was a blitz for them. Oh my God. They were like, it was like it was Avatar.
0: At least you got to go to the London premiere.
2: Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, But that's the only one I went to as well. I think it was, I think that was the only one that it, that was.
0: There's usually like an LA one, but it's a lot smaller than the London one.
2: Yeah. No, no. It was just the, the cause I live in LA and it was just the London one that I remember. It was a minute ago.
0: <laughs> Just a few.
1: We interrupt this program to bring you a special
2: report.
0: Attention, Spy Hards, Die Hards! Independent podcasting, much like the spy game, requires considerable resources. Whether it's research, equipment, hosting, or of course
1: constructing a hidden moon base, we're putting out the call for your support. That's right, the Spy Hards Patreon is the home to our ever-growing lineup of Agents in the Field episodes, where we decode non-spy films from your favorite spy actors, and The Debrief, where we activate our billion-dollar brains and predict how the spy movie news of today will shape tomorrow.
0: Cam, what have we got in our crosshairs this
1: month? Now is a perfect time to catch up with our July programming that we released on the Patreon. I'm talking about reviews of A Shot in the Dark and Children of Men, as well as The Debrief, where we reviewed Oppenheimer, Secret Invasion, and talked about so much more. So accept your mission and hop in the Hellmobile today at
0: patreon.com slash spyheart. But before Spectre agents intercept this
1: broadcast, let's get back. To the spy jinx, and I think you know, jumping off of Casino Royale, there's another spy movie you appeared in that is hugely loved. And I don't know if it's popping immediately to the forefront of your mind, but it was Enemy of the State.
2: <gasps> yeah, is that is spy Scott. movie. I guess they're all spies. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I love that movie too. That was so fun. Yeah. Oh, that was really fun.
1: Yeah, I would just like to know about working with. We've had actually. Weird, though. I'm not sure why so many people who've worked with Tony Scott, but I would love to know just your memories of very legendary director being directed by him. You're playing the Ruby's um, clerk in the film.
2: Yeah. Well, I had worked with Tony Scott on a commercial. Okay. And I knew how after working with him on the commercial, I knew that he was friends with and obsessed with Helmut Newton. So I know that he likes like, that's why all the movies, all the girls have red lips. It's like a kind of, if you look back at it, it's a, a Top Gun, everything, red-lipped ladies. Uh, hmm. And so I remember auditioning for uh, Enemy of the State, which I just watched the other day, by the way. Oh, nice. And I just kind of like, I I think I, that was my rubber dress and I wore that with the lips and I was like, you know, and I, and I got the job. And it was actually a friend of mine, David Marconi, who'd written it. Mm-hmm. And I remember he told me that, he got permission from I don't know who these agencies are is it it's Rand who are the whoever the 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 government agencies are that have this information to give him and at the time the reason he was allowed to write about those technologies is because they were 20 years out of date okay that's what he told me so um that was then so Somebody's watching us right now, but it's so easy now. Cause we like literally set cameras up like all like right on our faces. So I got the job and it was really cool because it was, um, they were just starting to do that shot that they did in the matrix, you know, where they set the, the still cameras up in a shape mm-hmm. so that you could seamlessly go from film to the, the shots in the, in this in the still cameras to rotate somebody in air right and that's what we did with that thing so again a lot of work because of the special effects like the bond movie that we did a week on the poker poker game because you know to shoot poker in an exciting way you have to have (laughs) the shots to be able to cut it together and tell that story so uh same with that and we got to, I got to ad lib a lot with Will Smith, so I was like, like, like all that, like, oh, oops, I'd say, you know, like that was a lot of it was ad ad libbed, which was fun because he was so good about that. And I think that that scene was in the trailer, and I remember hearing that Will Smith was upset about that because he was like, "That's not what the movie's about,"
3: mm.
2: and I was like, "Meanwhile, that trailer made it look like that was what the movie was about." <laughs> <laughs>
1: co <laughs> starring ivana yeah yeah
2: exactly so again like a boon for like a young actress
1: and also you know i think of your stand-up background and then he's doing all the sitcom work with fresh prince you know a handful of years before is i wonder if like part of the reason that scene does feel so memorable and probably the reason they put it largely in the trailers is like there is like that back and forth between the two of you that feels very energetic
2: which is hard to do. thank you and that's hard to do i don't know where i had the balls to do it but i did it's hard to do when you don't have a lot to do it's not like i have a whole you know I, the whole point of my character is that this is not somebody he knows and that's when all the uh, when the the bit of business happens that makes all the rest of the action unfold Right. So
3: mm-hmm.
2: by design, it shouldn't be much. But yet you still have to have a human connection and energy between these two people to care.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But that's also because he's so open. He was he was so friendly and so giving as an actor. He was like, like, mm-hmm. he was like, great. You know, he was just like riffing off of me. But, you know, there could be a, if it were somebody else they could have been like, who do you think you are? That also happens. Right. So that's, you know, he's the boss. It's a testament to, to who's at the top with how everyone else behaves, and both with Will Smith and Daniel Craig, there you're. You don't you feel safe to, to do things.
1: It's also a testament to him as a performer, especially, at that period, because that's kind of at the rise period where you've got Independence Day and you know Men in Black. He could still be at that point where it's like, I don't want to kind of give up any of the spotlight because I'm not comfortable with where I am quite yet.
2: But look at even who he is as a person, like he's somebody who's been working on himself very publicly and very outspokenly all the time. Do you know, like he Mm -hmm. is not somebody who, like he's a human being, but he doesn't, I don't think that his ego rules him. Or at least he's trying right. not to. I think he has so much confidence as to his worth that, uh, you know, and those real McCoys are the ones that give you the space
3: because mm-hmm.
2: they're not threatened by anything. They, you know what I mean? Like they're like they they're the ones that trust that everyone being amazing is amazing for everyone, including them, because they get oops, the spoils anyway.
1: Of course. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know? So it was beautiful. I really enjoyed it. Well,
0: the other film I had written down is your part of, I'd say, like the British canon when it comes to films now. But yeah, it <laughs> is. In, it, it is. Love Actually is something I, that,
2: that's another love one.
0: I, it it gets played every year in my house, and I'm pretty sure most houses in the UK play it every year.
2: Oh, in America!
0: I didn't know it traveled so far. Which didn't is know. crazy okay.
2: because it doesn't hold up. Oh my God, Americans love this movie. Mm. And i wonder how far it goes because people really love it which is surprising it's not surprising i'm just saying given that some of the themes aren't as politically correct as as before that it's still somehow we're like yes we understand we've moved on but we are connecting to all the other stuff
3: Mm -hmm.
2: in it like all the love in there
0: i i I rewatched it like just last year and i just there were bits that jump out as yeah maybe they don't hold up now but it is still but there's so a lot does. of heart to it. Yeah, there's a lot of heart to that film.
2: It, it is not. Um, there's no malice in it.
1: No, uh, yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. Emma Thompson is just doing amazing work in that movie as well.
2: Oh God, I could, I could, I could get teary just thinking about her in that role. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And then what happened in the end? Did they break up or do they try to work it out? And in my head. I never you know when they pick them up at the airport i mean i think that they've shot it so that it's they they don't make it but i think they should make it
0: i think it's kind of ambiguous if i remember correctly that could be my It's memory. a little
2: you're right you're right it's kind of like it's not good
0: no it's not great <laughs> they're not in a healthy place
2: <laughs> not good but <laughs> but yeah
0: yeah need to go see someone for that uh, i think you might need to yeah yeah and, and
2: which i am for i think they yeah. should. They do she's in everyone is everyone's really good in that movie and the things that are frustrating and
0: what well, you uh you pop up as as part of a trio of uh, american it's written down as dream girls on imdb which i find Literally. Is a, a, that is yeah, what
2: it, was in the script
0: this is you alicia cuthbert and january jones great little scene you have together with alicia chris cuthbert. marshall yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. yes um, yeah
0: a fun fun little moment there and then you're in the airport later as well i think as well you pop up at the end there
2: no, no. Then it's Shannon. Is it Shannon?
1: Shannon Elizabeth and Denise Richards, isn't it?
2: Yeah, Shannon Elizabeth comes at the end because she's the fourth one we're talking about, like the hot right. one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, just, yeah,
2: yeah. you know, chop liver, but <laughs> there's also the hot one, you know. So, yeah, that was that was really fun, and I was in. We were in London shooting it, and I was the only Midwesterner from Michigan, so. Hmm. I had I, I slapped on like a bit of a oh my god Michigan accent and and it was my idea to do the thing about like say stuff in an English accent oh and I was like say this and then we'd repeat it you know
0: and well, just sort of yeah you know, we mentioned it but what are your thoughts on being part of this beloved film like is it another one that gets cited back to you yes. a lot love like, actually
2: yes all the time and again not like some big mm. flashy you know, I guess I'm just really lucky to be in these couple of these movies that mean a lot to people. And, Mm but you know, like, I don't know how, like, are we, are they going to, do you think they'll be watching Love Actually in 20, 30, 50 years? Like, is it, I I don't know. But if so, that's, I mean, who's so lucky? How many movies are there like that? And that is, for me, it's Elf Mm -hmm. and Love Actually, because I get, also hear from people all the time just watch love actually again oh my god or people that that i knew people that i meet were like i didn't know that was you in love actually or people who see me and they're like you're in love actually like how also a long time ago you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. well
0: I, I think that sort of wraps me up for spy questions you've got some other like spy credits i mentioned chuck i just stumbled on yeah. a a credit I, w- I just saw for a tv show i've never heard of uh I'm just trying to find it now, Secret Agent Man. I'm guessing you play the spy in that one, too.
2: Oh, yeah, I was a spy there, too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I did play some spies. you got some spy credentials. I do have some spy credentials. But see, I was trying to play them off. Mm. Um, and you got the
0: killer outfits, too. So you've got that lined up. I
2: know I do. And you know what? The thing is, the truth is I like playing stuff like that, especially at that age. Now that I'm older, I'm and a mother and I've just lived so much longer. I, which I'm sure is just like the normal progression. Now I want to just play like no makeup characters that are like deep and have all these like obstacles and life struggles and whatever. But man, did I love putting on those crazy costumes and thigh high boots and cut out Mm -hmm. dresses and leather and rubber and stuffing bras and so like that i loved doing that like i really enjoyed it i love still a costume i'm ordering a rubber dress talking to the designer as we speak just to have in case i need one you know
1: (laughs) i'm doing the same thing
2: okay (laughs) yeah yeah
1: there we go (laughs) i had a question about an early comedy role because Seinfeld is a very important show to me. And
2: I'm doing a Seinfeld podcast tomorrow.
1: No way. Wow. There you go. Well, I don't want to trip over your material, but I was just, I would love to know about just working on that show, getting that job, because that show is such a phenomenon at that point. But also, you have a lot of scenes with Jerry. I would just love to know about shooting those.
2: Well, this is a great story because that was like really my first job. Mm hmm and i went in and auditioned and it was eastern european accent the first of many <laughs> that i would, that would <laughs> like bread and daughter in my life and i am grateful for it i also enjoy it I, I love slapping on that accent and um uh i had a call back and jerry seinfeld was there now at that time i of course was aware of seinfeld But I wasn't watching it because I was of the age where I was not showing up on the Thursday night at 8 p.m. to watch Mm -hmm. or whatever it was to watch TV because I was out, Mm I promise you. And this is before TiVo and recording devices in TV, right? So so I'd seen some episodes, I was very aware, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so I went into the callback and I'm very green, like I'm still modeling pretty much at this point. Um, I go in. And there's Jerry Seinfeld. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you'd be here. And they're like, well, I am the producer of the show. I'm like, I didn't even know what that meant. Do you know, like it was so, I, I wasn't like, well, that makes sense. I was like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. So we do the scenes. And then they weren't sure on who the actor was going to be. So maybe they were deciding which accent it was going to be. Like maybe it was going to be, you know, a French guy or an Eastern European kind of vibe. And so because of who they got to be, Milos, I got to be hired. And I had to kiss Jerry, and I'd never done any of that stuff. And that show also ruined me because they were so tight. And this is the second to last season. Yeah. That was a well-oiled machine. Like I, and I was like, wow, this is what this is. And then you go on to do other things. And... By the way, nothing wrong with these other things, they were just starting up. Sure.
3: This
2: was the other one that was like very, like, I think they only worked three days a week because they were like, we got it. Yeah. And and that's it. So uh, that was really, that was amazing. And at that time, every single job I got, and that was my first one, like I cried when it would end because I really enjoyed what I did for a living. Mm-hmm. And then I want to say I went back again for another taping because my boyfriend at the time was friends with Shoshana who was Seinfeld's girlfriend at the time, Jerry's girlfriend at the time. Okay. So then we went again and um and everyone was so nice. Oh my god and and uh Elaine like like, like they were just they kept getting fed li- like they 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 were just constantly punching it up. Constantly mm. punching it up, it was really good, I mean, like I don't even remember Larry David there, and he would have been there, right
1: uh, i think he I think he just left for that season. I think he I left think season seven, yeah, yeah,
2: and I did see how many seasons were there eight or nine nine okay, so I did eight, okay, then never mind you you
0: mentioned like the getting fed lines i mean did that did your scenes change at all?
2: No, mine didn't because. This is more for them. This was like sure. the main guys. They were like, okay, now say this one. Now, you know, it, it's, it, it was just like watching masters. Talk about a master class. Right. Huge difference. Huge difference than even other established shows compared. Like it was, you could see why something like Friends and Seinfeld became Friends and Seinfeld. It was lightning in a bottle.
1: And you're in a rarefied air of people who appeared on both. Am I? Come on. Really? So, yeah, there's not a lot of crossover.
2: I'm a lucky girl Mm. because I have these stories and this real, this fun. This was so great.
1: Mm -hmm. You mentioned like sort
0: of your first roles. You're going back to sort of Jerry Maguire. you got that there as well. Great things to be learning like very early on in your career. Enemy of the State is very early on too. Yeah. Trial by fire.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Well,
0: I, I have a couple of questions to to sort of wrap us up, Ivana. The first one, and I like to ask this one, because I think it's important. Is there a piece of work that you've done that you're particularly proud of that people didn't necessarily get to see that people should check out?
2: The first thing that I was super proud of would be, there's three things that I can just think of at the top of my head for different reasons. Sure. The first thing was, again, I'm playing Eastern Euro, European, and that is... Um, this movie with freddie prince junior and monica potter head over heels it right? was just so okay. much fun to make and i got to be i, I got to be funny it's that they even cut a lot out because like they just kind of would like give me my own takes to try different things so this is like leftover of my my comedy beginnings before i just became a killer and then so head over heels it's silly it's like but I, I think that still like young girls always find it because it's about four models living in the it's but so fun and special to me. And then Banshee, which is more recent. Oh, and Mind of the Married Man. But people did see that. There are two, you know, HBO shows mm-hmm. that uh Mind of the Married Man did pretty well at the time. It was coming on the heels of like Sex in the City, and it was when people weren't talking about what was on Mind of the Married Man, because it was not politically correct, but they were talking about it. And then Banshee, did you want me to tell ten things, or, or I'll, I'll finish it
1: as many as you'd like? Yeah, keep going. It's fine.
2: <laughs> Banshee, because of how much we, how much we did for so little, it was, you know, it was so violent and so over the top, and the characters were so deep. Like the the acting was really good and the writing was really good, yet it was a pulpy. Uh, graphic novely, very ridiculously violent piece of kit, you know. And a lot of people did see it, and the the fans are very loud. But mm. and you know, I wonder if people go back to it because things are becoming more more soft again. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if people are going to crave that level of violence. Like I don't think you can make that show today, right? Um, so if you're into kind of funny violence, meaning it's over the top that it's, you know, we know it's not right for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the last thing I did before the pandemic, because I did it all through my pregnancy in the first two years of my son's life, which is the show called the hundred, which is really sweet. And I probably have like the most following on social media because of the, how loved that show is. So, again, mostly because I'm getting to play, like, because the show has, like, so many kids on it. There's, like, adults and kind of younger actors. Like, mm-hmm. it was awesome to be, like, cool, you be hot. I'm freaking pregnant. And they broke the pregnancy into the thing. <laughs> so, I got to just be, like, a sassy, tired, badass, ex-Navy SEAL, still gun-wielding, still fight-scened pregnant person. So, it's just really cool. And my character is just really, un- like, I-, I have no time. I have no time for anybody's nonsense (laughs) which is just kind of fun to play
0: you know i I appreciate you've had time for our nonsense that's right oh
2: yes i have all the time for your nonsense because this is this was great for me because it's like uh my life is so different now being with Mm -hmm. my family here and i love my life and you know i'm very selective now on the things i want to do i've mostly been doing like animation voiceovers and stuff because I don't want to tear I don't want to disrupt the family and it would be very disruptive so it better be so good if I'm going to you know what move away and leave my kid here in school and like Mm -hmm. so this is beautiful I loved my whole life then and I love my life now so this trip down memory lane is very welcome
0: well I just I just also noted uh you were also on Charlie's Angels the tv show so another spy
2: yeah yeah certainly a badass
0: you are you are lining up your spies.
2: I know. I mean, I am a spy. And you know, given what's going on with Russia, you know, they might need some more spies that look like me. <laughs> mm. Well, um, I mean in movies. In movies. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's no, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not signing up to go into the field.
2: <laughs> I am not. I am no. most definitely not.
0: And um, I, they are listening, of course, as we as we noted earlier, everyone's listening. All right, to take us home, Ivana, the last question I'll have for you, and this has been asked for everyone that's ever been on this show, every guest, Bond alumni, of which you are a part of that family. Ivana, what is your favorite spy movie of all time? That is a really good question. We often get that face. Stumped (laughs) face.
2: (laughs) Okay short answer casino royale long answer i was really touched by that movie with tom hanks and my beautiful shakespearean actor you know who it is it's coming mark rylance mark rylance um what was the name of that movie the like the bridge of spies i was like there's a bridge in it there's Mm. spies in it bridge of Spies." that movie was really touching to me and i'll say and i need to look it up ben kingsley is in it yep and he's listening to people like he's playing a it's a foreign movie okay okay i don't know if it was czechoslovakia i don't think it was russia but whatever communist eastern europe and it's so sweet i'm so bummed maybe it's not even him he maybe it reminds me of him because i want to say it was a foreign movie and it's so beautiful and it's about spying on your neighbor at that time, where this guy seriously gets out his typewriter and just sits here and types about everything that this couple is talking about,
0: I feel like someone's mentioned this premise to me before on Twitter. And I'm trying to think what it is. I, it's going to bug me now. People are listening and being like, "It's blah," and yeah, we, none of us can figure it Damn out. It. If, if, I,
2: if I'm sorry, I've ruined the end of your podcast.
0: Well, to be fair, you did also answer Casino Royale. Well, you answered Bridge of Spies and Casino
2: Royale. Yeah. They're
1: pretty solid answers as far as answers go. Yeah. It's think. not the lives of others, is it? Yes, there we go.
2: How did you know that?
1: I will tell you how I figured it out it was googling spy movie typewriter couple.
2: <laughs> there we
1: go. <laughs> was. And I'm
2: who's on. in it? Because I maybe it's not Ben Kingsley, but it's somebody that reminds me of him
1: Ulrich Mew. Ah, you can see why he has a definite Ben Kingsley vibe to him.
2: Yeah, oh, the lives, it's so beautiful. I really liked it, but that's also because I'm Eastern European. I'm like, like that was happening, you know.
1: That is a movie that is actually brought up by a lot of guests, the lives of others. It is actually one that it's not necessarily a, you know, carved in stone one that every person is going to think of. When you say spy movies, you know, they're going to say Bond or North by Northwest or something. But the lives of others is one that has a lot of fandom within the spy community, the spy fandom community.
2: Okay. Mm -hmm. Look at me. I'm like a part of this. There you go. And all the fancy answers.
0: <laughs> you've been a spy so many times now. You, you've obviously got a high caliber of a film you like.
2: I think in my, I remember one of my first boyfriends I had, one of the reasons that I fell in love with him was because he said I looked like a secret agent. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I felt seen.
1: Hmm, so you're saying I should use that one.
2: <laughs> I, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't.
1: Mm, Okay. Mm.
0: Well, Ivana, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. It's been a pleasure having someone on finally that killed James Bond. I think you're the first person we've had on the show that's done that. So (sighs) Feels good. It does.
2: Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Pleasure was mine.
0: The pleasure was absolutely ours. Ivana, thank you for your time and I wish you all the best. Thank you. Well, there you go, folks. That was our chat with Miss Ivana Malicevic. And once again, we want to thank Ivana for taking the time to speak with us. It's
1: always good to chat about all things Casino Royale. Yeah, no kidding. We've actually had a fair number of Casino Royale interviews on the show. And every one of them has offered a really interesting insight at a different angle of this production uh, for a movie that I think we genuinely love a lot. Yeah, there aren't many
0: Bond films, there aren't many spy films that really break out of the genre to what I would call just a list of the best films ever made. And if you were going to tell me to pick one James Bond film that broke out of that mold, it's Casino Royale.
1: Yeah, and also, like, I remember at the time, obviously there was, like, endless amount of speculation about Daniel Craig. Like that's where kind of all the hype of Casino Royale was about the casting of Daniel Craig. But it felt like at the time, there was less of kind of pomp and circumstance surrounding the other actors in the movie, which was not the case when you got to Quantum and movies like Spectre and Skyfall where they made a big, big deal about who the co-stars of the movies would be. Mm -hmm. And so it's really fun, I think, to catch up with a lot of these actors who maybe we were a little overshadowed by the Craig casting in 2006 and five, sure. but now are getting to kind of have their desserts of celebration because the movie has become such a iconic classic.
0: For sure. you know They'll live forever for, thanks to this film, no matter how big or small the role. But speaking of big roles, let's talk about Velenka. Let's talk about Ivana's chat with us. Cam, what was the highlight for you?
1: I thought one of the really interesting things was the way that She examined kind of the psychology of Valenka. The idea that like, you know, we asked her about like, why did Valenka stick around? Like, Mm. why did she not hit the road after, you know, her arm was going to be severed and she's failed in an attempt to kill Bond? Like, it seems like things aren't going great. And the way she kind of presents it is like, you know, being someone in your late 20s and just believing like this relationship is everything to me. Like, Uh why would I ever walk away? It's the sort of thing that, like, I think you could see people poking holes in this character for that and being like, well, this doesn't make sense. This character would leave. But you have, you know, the actor who played that role explaining psychologically why, in her mind, Valenka would never have left. It would not make sense to her to have left at that point in time. I just really liked hearing her explain that and how, you know, it was a decision very consciously made in every scene she's playing as to what is going on kind of beneath the surface of the character
0: well it's you know i think you and i could both agree that you do make weird choices in your 20s (laughs)
1: 20s (laughs) 20s 30s
0: 40s (laughs) (laughs) 10s noughties i don't know yeah uh i mean you know i i held on personally to a relationship that went on far too long Mm. i know exactly what that's like (laughs) yeah i I, why am i still here (laughs) What am I doing? I'm like the little chifro. Yeah, you're gonna chop off my arm in a minute. Yeah, that's right. I'm probably gonna just gnaw on it, knowing you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I, I thought that relationship was the be-all and all of my existence, and I stuck around far too long. Now it didn't mm. end up as badly as as this one does, but hey ho, still pretty poisonous in its own way. So I, I completely get that
1: mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it was. It's always interesting when you talk to actors about kind of breaking down either a scene or a character arc and kind of where they are coming at it from, because I think it's very easy for people to be dismissive given the type of movie, you know, a James Bond film, a superhero film, whatever. They tend to not assign the level of um, effort put into the performance that they might for, you know, There Will Be Blood or a prestige drama film, something like that.
0: What are you talking about? The actors in Diamonds are forever new. Like, this is premiere filmmaking right here.
1: Well, you know what? Go back to our interview with Bruce Glover. There was a lot of thought put into that performance of Mr. Wint.
0: Hey, I made a joke and you just uh, proved me to be wrong. So, well done. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. Well, one thing I wanted to point out, apart from the fact that the Mohawk would have looked fabulous. Yeah, no kidding, right? It would. Have, I mean, it definitely would have been attention-grabbing, but I think maybe that was what they were trying to avoid.
1: I guess so. I I wonder if it's like, because you want in those scenes for Eva Green's character Mm -hmm. to be the one that kind of grabs everyone's attention when she walks into the room wearing the dress. But if you've got um, Valenka walking with like a blonde like mohawk, like that would be a real focal point of attention. So maybe they don't want that kind of um, back and forth division of attention. No, I, I don't think they did. But the, the, the thing I wanted to bring up
0: was, and I mentioned it off top at the start of the episode, is Velenka is one of the only people that actually got to kill James Bond. And this has been pointed out to Ivana over the years, so she, she's fully aware of her prestigious place in, in the Bond canon. But I just think that's such a weird but fabulous thing to give to someone. Like,
1: that is quite the feat. It is a rarity. Because usually people put Bond in circumstances that are kind of easily escapable. Yep. And this was a case where <laughs> she pulled the trigger. It didn't necessarily work because there was someone there to save Bond through mm-hmm. means that uh, the average person would not have. But she succeeded. And actually, you know, it's funny, I mentioned Bruce Glover a moment ago because that's something Winton Kidd did as well, where they got Bond in the casket, you know, in the fire. Yeah. They succeeded. The fact that someone remove the casket to pull Bond out to interrogate him over the diamonds is, you know, obviously saves his bacon, but ultimately Winton and Keed were successful as well. Yeah, actually
0: a weird bit of symmetry there. And another thing I wanted to bring up that I was very keen to ask about was that Ursula Rangers photo. Yeah, yes. And, I mean, much as a little bit of me was disappointed that Ivana honestly she basically, you know, she had that training as a model she just worked the table as she said it basically which i i totally get but it, it, it maybe it's just a little bit of like cosmic energy there because the fact that they basically reenacted the same photo
1: accidentally yeah is is crazy it is eerie like it's such a coincidence mm. and it is a coincidence as we learned but just like holy smokes do the two photos like echo one another and yeah. uh yeah it's fantastic
0: like holy smokes, in, in sort of a in that kind of way, and and it, it is kind of weird, but we're not saying it. it's incorrect. I, I I can absolutely buy yeah that she was in that dress, just you know making it work, and they took a bunch of snaps, and that's how it is. But I mean,
1: they both look great, so it ended well for all of us. Absolutely, and it was just encouraging and nice to hear once again that like that these Bond productions are like very pleasant for the actors mm-hmm. and the crews working on them. I'm sure there's like one or two movies along the way that we'll cover at some point where the shoot was maybe a little rougher than usual. But this one, just the way that she was so nostalgic talking about the experiences, spending all that time in the Bahamas and the other locations, you just get the sense that like while there was a lot of pressure on them because of, you know, Craig's first film and what that could mean at the box office, mm-hmm. that they had a legitimately good time making the movie.
0: Yeah, and you could definitely sense that from what Ivana was telling us. And I would see, I was going to say, and I'll actually just sit here and sort of talk through it. I was going to say it felt like a very collaborative set, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was. No. I think I think it was a supportive set. I think, like, if, if someone needed help, that help was there. And there was obviously a production budget behind it to help that too. But yeah, you know, we spoke about the character of Valenka and, and what Ivana wanted to do with it and some looks that she wanted to put in to sort of portray some angst or anguish or something like that. And that was shut down a lot mm-hmm. by Martin Campbell, which, you know, as an outsider, I completely get because it's not it's not a Valenka 007 film. It's a James Bond 007 film. I totally get how you want to have that separation there. But a part of me still kind of thinks, it's these little things like that that add flavor to a film.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's it's a hard line to walk because I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, well, Casino Royale could be better. Sure. uh, But yeah, so that that's, uh, it's a give and take because I'm I'm sure she felt very supported on the set, but I almost would have liked to have seen what maybe could have been done with the Valenka character because she's given a lot of like key shots. Mm-hmm. Like she gets some key moments that you don't really forget. So there's like that turn at the bar and stuff like that. But, I don't know. I wonder what it would have been like if she had been given a little bit more depth.
1: I wonder also if it's just a matter of runtime Mm. because Casino Royale is quite long. And at that point, the idea of making a Bond film that's like two hours and 40 minutes was probably not something they were going to commit to. They didn't realize that no time to die (laughs) would change Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, a decade plus later down the road. But I mean, the thing about the Valenka character is you give a little more time and you're going to get more insight into the relationship she has with Lashifra mm-hmm. and that would just to me make the movie more interesting would it play better to a mainstream audience maybe not maybe they'd be like this is slowing down the pace of the movie because casino royale despite being like 2 hours 20 minutes moves really really well yeah but i think like the thing about a bond movie is even if your character isn't as fleshed out as you'd like they stick around kind of the imagination of the audience and I think the fact that, you know, we're talking about Valenka now and people are still interested in that character, they still will mention her as a significant part of that movie. It's not a huge role, but it's a memorable one. No, she
0: still gets asked about it. I get the impression from Ivana that this is probably one of her most like, talked about roles.
1: Yeah. And Ivana's a bit of a chameleon hmm. because I have seen her in a lot of things over the years. When I was doing the research for this, I really admired her ability to kind of switch into different types of roles. Like, I'd seen Casino Royale how many times? I had never realized that she was the lingerie salesman uh, at the start of Enemy of the State. Mm. And she talked about, you know, working with Tony Scott on that movie and bouncing off of Will Smith, finding that camaraderie in a scene to kind of enliven what could be a very kind of set-up-the-business kind of scene. Sure. And... Then, you know, I, of course, had seen her on Friends and Seinfeld. I had never clocked it. This was the same actress every time. So I think it really um, shows her ability to kind of disappear into these characters. And yet, in each case, make them very memorable.
0: Which I, I imagine is her adding her own little twist to what's on the page a lot of the time.
1: Yeah. The thing is, I could see this
0: character of Valenka just disappearing into the background. Sure. And And in a way, she's supposed to. Mm-hmm. she's not supposed to stand out that much, which is why the sort of things like the Mohawk was dropped. But you go back to it and you still think about like what could have been and like what you, you do your own headcanon stuff, which I think it just means that she is, I think giving a little bit of life to the character, because I could see in another Bond film, this character being completely forgettable.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, there are countless Bond films where, there's a character who gets so little to do because bond fans are so obsessive. They will, you know, that character has got their own like uh, wiki page and all that sort of thing. But, um, Valenka feels much more, I think front and center when you start like lining up the characters of the movie, mm. she ranks much higher on the list than maybe some others would.
0: For sure. Well, there you go, folks. That was our chat with Ivana Militovich, but can we are in Las Vegas. I do feel like partying. What
1: are we talking about next week? Well, Speaking of parties, Scott, it is going to be our third birthday. And what better way to celebrate than with some furry friends? I'm talking about 2001's Cats and Dogs. I
0: can't think of any more of a Spy Hard's way of celebrating our own birthday than talking about Cats and Dogs camp. I cannot wait.
1: I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, for those who aren't aware, this is a children's film from, as I said, 2001, about super spy cats versus super spy dogs. Some celebrity voices like Toby Maguire and Alec Baldwin. It's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. So your mission, should you choose to accept it,
0: is to join us next week as we celebrate our third birthday, three years of spying hard and talk about cats and dogs and if you like what you heard on this interview please consider leaving us a five star review wherever you get your podcasts and do not forget to follow us discreetly on social media at spyhards that's s-p-y-h-a-r-d-s on facebook twitter and instagram but until next week folks cam and i are going to slip into some skimpy cocktail dresses and really work those casino
3: tables